Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Paul, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm looking at the window and all I see is my reflection because it's dark out there. It's not even five o'clock and it's nearly pitch black. So we're, yeah, we're what a couple of weeks away from the shortest day of the year, which is pretty great. You know, then the days get longer by like one or two minutes every day. That's right. Yeah, it's it's kind of a kind of a crappy time of year, although Christmas music is on the radio now and I like that. It kind of gets me in the gets me in the spirit, you know, and we put our inflatables out last night and we're going to do um, we'll do some additional Christmas lights. We usually wrap our poles and have like the ice school stuff. So our house usually looks pretty, pretty festive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I see all those signs, those bandit signs, you know, come popping up in November, like, Hey, well, you know, the, the companies that will come out and put the lights on for you. And then they take them down for you like that right there, especially living in somewhere like Minnesota. That's a great business. Yeah. And, uh, that is something I might definitely look into next year. Like, I like, I like that. Cause the and thing course, is every time you put lights up, half the strands are burned out anyway from the last year. It drives yeah. me nuts. We've had good luck, but I, yes, you're totally right. And then, uh, of course, inside the house, Tammy has, you know, 20 short, 20 metric tons of Christmas decorations that take up an entire wing of our basement. And, yeah, um, you need a lot but of stores. And you add to it every year, right? You add new knickknacks and yeah. whatever. But but it does look, I tell you what, I got to give her credit. It looks nice. Well, you need to decorate your background there. So you got a little... Festive background. You know what? Maybe I'll do that next for next. Uh, yeah, I'll do that for next week. I should do that okay. too. So, in case people are wondering, that gold book right there—that is Secrets of the Federal Reserve by Eustace Mullins. That is a fantastic read. And how old is that? When was that printed? Ooh, you know, I do know that the—it's not as old as you think. It's okay. not. It's um, gosh, is it eighties or nineties? Maybe I'd have, I'd have to look. But it's like that's like a I got that from uh, from Mr. James, and yeah. uh, he has it at his, at his store. Um, but anyway, great, great read. Nice. So if you like the creature from Jekyll Island, you'll like that book too. Cause most is that of that was shorter. It's, it is shorter. <laughs> yeah. It's only a couple hundred pages. Yeah. So it's much nice. shorter. Nice. Well, cool, man. I think we're gonna, we may hit on a couple different topics today. So I think it'd be nice to start off with, uh, going back to one of the big principles of what we do and why we do it is that when you have capital opportunity will find you. So you've got a, a recent example of that, I think from a listener right? Yeah. We had a, we had someone reach out on email um, about a month and a half ago or so. And he had opened up his first policy about seven months ago. It's, it's uh, with a very good company. Uh, it's with our, with our favorite company, in fact. So that, that was good. Um, paying big premium relative to his income. And it turns out he runs a, um, he runs a Toro business down in the, uh, down in Texas and doing doing very well. Only got it's got two vehicles in it, but uh, they do very well. They're uh, they're booked a lot. So Toro for those not yeah who who haven't heard of it, it's like sure. Airbnb for car leasing, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Tammy and I, I'm generally more comfortable uh, doing doing business with things that I'm used to. So I, I like cars, and I've used Toro now. I think we've used it six times uh, in the past whatever eighteen months, and 
Yeah. So you rent people's personal cars or a lot of time they just buy a vehicle for the mm -hmm. business. So yeah. it's a dedicated business. And that's what this is for him. Um, so he's got like a Hyundai, I think, and a little, uh, and a Tesla model three and which is a vehicle that one of those I, I own and I like, and it garners a, a high premium, right? Cause it's a, it's a premium car. So anyway, um, so controlling the banking function, very important. And so I decided to do a, do a deal with this, with this guy, with this gentleman and his debt ser debt service on these vehicles was, was high and I could do better. So we basically did like a loan swap essentially where I provided some capital and he could trade out at a better rate than the rates he had. And, um, you know, we were able to free up about $500 a month of cash flow for this, for this gentleman. And, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a win-win. I get, I, I make money and, and he is going to ultimately make more money in the business. The ROI on his, on his Toro business will be that much better. Um, so so yeah, it's good. But the whole point of that, folks, is just that, you know, I think there's a different way to put it. I think Ryan says this, like capital attracts opportunity. And I like I like that. Or is it opportunities attracted to capital? I'm not sure which one it is, but it, it, it is very true. And when that's why Dave and I talk about this, because we found by putting money in a place that we could get to it, i.e. not in a qualified plan, that we would see the landscape differently and we would start doing different things with our money. And this is our, this is our investment money, right, Dave? Mm -hmm. Anyway, bottom line, profitable deal and it's collateralized, right? Yep. I want to protect myself and we've learned over the years that that's extremely important, haven't we? Yep. And um, so, yeah, very, very happy with it. Yeah. And you set the terms because you're the banker, right? Oh yeah. Banker. It's the golden rule, right? Yep. He who has the gold makes the rules. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nice. And another cool thing about this, like you mentioned, this is beneficial for him as well. So it's not like, I mean, if you had all your money in a 401k or some qualified plan, you're not benefiting anybody else in that except you and the person you're handing that money over to, to control, right? They're benefiting more than you because they make money whether you make money or not. That's but right. You're really not helping out, you know, your fellow man in any way by doing that. Not that you need to. It's your investment money. You can do whatever you want with your money. You don't have to use it to improve the lives of others. Um, you have the freedom to choose. But in this situation, you're using your funds in a way that's more beneficial for you, yet also benefits somebody else significantly. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. I told him early on in the process of vetting it, that it has to be a win-win. I'm not, um, it doesn't make any sense for him to just trade out the debt if it doesn't really benefit him. Right. Um, but in this case, it, it benefited him a lot. And I was able to play with the amortization schedule for him to stretch it out even longer to lower the monthly payment, which freed up even more cash flow. And it's something that he hadn't really thought about or that I, maybe he didn't think I'd be interested in doing that, but, um, but I was. And um, so again, great point. And, uh, but that's the kind of things that, those are the things that will find you. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It has to be a win-win. I mean, that's something I've learned over on the private lending side of this business that that we're in, uh, you know, like more like institutional private lending. Um, like if somebody wanted to start a business or we wanted to buy somebody's business from them, uh, maybe they need a capital infusion or whatever. It makes no sense to say, well, I'm going to, I'll provide the capital, but I'm going to take 90% of the business. 
because that person then is in working their butt off for just 10% of the business, which may be okay for your bottom line short term, but long term, they're going to get burned out. They're going to quit and it's going to be an absolute loss for them. And then, you know, congratulations, you have a business that nobody's running now. Um, but yeah, it's got to be a win-win. It's got to be beneficial for the person on the other end of that. So you you don't want to go into business with somebody just to take their money and watch them fail. Like the whole point is succeed because if you succeed, I succeed. Right. I want him ultimately, you know, we talked about return of capital. I want him to be successful yeah. so that he can expand and he makes more money. You know, this guy will probably do more business with, with me going forward. Right. And that's, and that's great. So Yep. Bank Fougere. Yeah. It's got a nice ring to it. They have like, and the little symbol could be a fern. Cause that's what Fougere means. Fern. It means fern. Whereas the French guys in Afghanistan, they were like, it's a bush. I was like, okay, got it. It's like a okay. bush. Where the red Fougere grows. That's right. Great book. Yeah. Is it, is it though? Well, it's sad. It's, it's mandatory it's, reading and like, it is, but it was, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy where the red fern grows. It's yeah. A good book. Well, cool. Yeah. Good story, man. Well, on my side, I guess anything, something new for me is I'm, uh, I just put an application in for, what is it? Policy number seven. So the last one I yeah. had about a year ago this year, mm -hmm. income goes up. I need somewhere else to continue storing that income. So, you know, open another policy. So we'll get that one going and, and increase the amount of death benefit that I can actually start putting to work that future death benefit. Like we alluded to last week, you know, we've got a strategy where we can start putting that future debt benefit to work and, and earning a reward today. So that's uh, pretty excited about that. Love it. Yeah. Um, so we've had some fun interactions with clients uh, recently. I think uh, this is one I want to share and shoot. I don't have the, the text message pulled up. So I'll I've, pull I've up got it up. Talking. Okay. Yeah. You got it up. So we had, oh, here it is. Um, we, we had that red flags episode not too long ago and it was all these red flags about here's what to avoid. Like if you work with an insurance agent and they do this, just turn around and, and run away. We're working with a client, you and I, a shared client, and he has a, a large convertible term policy with some you know, local company, uh, a smaller insurance company that, that is not a mutual company. And we didn't know that at the time, but he went in to meet with them to talk about possibly converting that. Yep. And it was Pretty funny. He sent me a text saying uh, the first thing he put in front of me was an IUL, uh, then wanted to show me an illustration. So I think that was that may have been like one of the first red flags we had. Like I think hey, it was I think it was the first one. Yeah. Like it, if they want to lead with an illustration, which if they're selling IUL, they always want to lead with an illustration, then they don't know what they're doing. Just just straight up. Yeah. Anyone can do an illustration folks. Yeah. So he said, you know, this guy put this, you know, what, an, what IUL can do for you, you know, promo brochure right in front of him several times. And he's like, I told him straight up, never say IUL around me again after the eighth time pointing to this stupid sheet of paper that he put in front of him. <laughs> so I feel proud, man, that, that, that red flags episode really opened some eyes. And when people listen to that and they, they learn from it, they can recognize those red flags when they come up. Um, so it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I, I would say to folks, listen, if someone's trying to sell you something that you're not quite sure about, and it's specifically that type of product, like a UL product, 
Ask them if that product gets more efficient over time or less efficient over time. Yep. Yeah. Well, and the only thing they can go back to is the illustration <laughs> with the illustrated values. That's know, right. No guarantee. Which are not values. guaranteed. Yeah. So they look great though on paper, Dave. I mean, they look, they look nice. Yeah, they, they really do. I don't Very know, enticing to the, right. un, you well, know, it's, it's enticing to hear the phrase, Hey, you get to take part of the market upside, but you don't have to partake in the market downside. Like, I mean, that's such a marketing gimmick right there. I wonder if they ever tell the people that the cost of insurance, cause it's annually renewing, renewing term goes up or can go up right as you age and it will go up. Right. Anyone retiring from the military for our, our military folks that looks at um, veterans group life insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. When you're 40 and retiring from the military, it's not too bad, but it's it's annually renewing term and it gets extremely expensive over time. And at some yeah. point, you're not writing that check. And you've heard me say that before, but a million dollar policy for term on a 60 year old person is is quite expensive. Yeah. Well, they don't have to tell you. It's all written in the easy to understand illustration that you get to see, right? Have you, <laughs> every time somebody sends me an IUL illustration, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go to a special school just to decipher all of the, the, the different wording here. Like you can't get a straight answer in those things. Isn't it funny though, how it, when UL was invented, it was, it was because, you know, you had dudes like Ralph Nader and some other folks back in the the early eighties, I guess, talking about whole life and how it was deceiving and hard to understand and not good for the consumer. And I feel like they invented a product that is all those things. Yeah. And way more so. Yeah, way more so. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Avoid that. Like the plague, my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you're earning 20% a year, every year indefinitely might not be a bad deal. Sure. But you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you so, look past a hundred. Yeah. So, and we've hit on, uh, you know, who the ideal client is out there, you know, an ideal client, I got one, you know, one of the best examples is I think we, we do a pretty good job on this podcast of restating, Hey, you need to read a book and then contact us. So read becoming your own banker, 92 pages, take you three hours or less and then contact us because then we can actually have a fruitful conversation. Right. Um, you know, what's even better is when you get a client that wants to refer somebody in, but they don't refer them until that, that person has read the book. Like, you know, perfect. Perfect. Like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing my job and, and making sure that they, it's cause it, it's kind of like uh, you're vouching for somebody, right? Like, Hey, this is Paul. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a guy read the book twice. Recently yeah, before he called. Yeah. I was yeah. like, even better, man. Like it, you're not going to have a meaningful conversation with us unless you've read that book. Otherwise it's a quick 15 minute phone call just to tell you to read the book and why you should read it really. Um, yeah. it, there is so much information packed into that book and it's so simply written. As he said, it was written for the, for the everyday American, for the layman, right? It's so easy to understand. Um, you are going to have questions about it because there are some, the way he puts things that could be confusing, I guess. But once you've read it a couple of times and read every word, he, he fully explains what he means. So, yeah. And you can listen to it too, you know, audible, you can get that book. It's what, I don't know how long, two and a half hours or something. Yeah. I listen to like 1.2 and so it's even less. And then you don't have to, you know, some people like to pause it 
I was talking to somebody who was saying, well, I, then I had to pause it and pull up the PDF with the illustration that they were referring to. I, sure. I'd say you could do that, but it's not even necessary because the the illustrations, I think Nelson said, if he were to write the book again, he wouldn't use them. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're for example only. It's really not that important to get caught up in the illustrations. In yeah. The a lot of a lot of people, Dave, take what he illustrated in the book uh, as kind of the gospel of like, this is the way it is. Yeah. Um, it, it's not. And uh, it's just for those specific people, that was the policies that were designed to support what they were doing, whether you were the logger or the people, you know, sending their kid to college or whatever. Um, yeah. There's a million ways to Sunday design a policy, but your policies will be designed for you and your needs. Right. Not based on that book. Yep. Well, so a, another thing we've run into with a, a recent client is, you know, this is somebody who just gets it. And it's fun when you see somebody get it because now like he's doing the brainstorming for us on how do I get more premium into these policies? Like yes. if I've tapped out me, if I've tapped out my wife and all of my children, what's the next step? I got more, I got more income coming in. It needs to go somewhere and I want to get it in there before it goes outside of my ecosystem. So how do we do that? So, yeah. And that's another thing we love about this is there's so much flexibility in every aspect of infinite banking when it's set up correctly using the correct companies and all that, but just expanding the system. So, yeah, he's, he's literally expanding the system to accommodate all income as much as he can, isn't he? Yeah. And that can be a challenge. So we have to, we have to look at other avenues other than just him and his immediate family. I was just happy to find someone that paid more premium than, than I pay finally. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot and way more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hopefully. Yeah. And, I would and, love to be at that level at some point, but uh, good on him. And I love the, the light bulb moment that he's had over the really, really two years, probably at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think I met him and you met him two years ago on a webinar for something. Yeah, you're right. It was uh, yeah. a half to two years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And, yeah, it's a funny uh, thing about business. You do something one day, and then two years later, it comes back to to benefit you. Yeah, just, um, just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and not just him, but his wife is on board. On, totally on board. Hey, we, they, they probably listened to the episode. Yeah. So when you get one person in the relationship on board is great. Once you get both, like there's no end to the creativity, you know, especially if you're your business owners, your entrepreneurs, uh, that type. I mean, the, the brainstorming that you two can do together when you're both on board pursuing this concept together is, yeah, is unstoppable. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're, you know, normally I think we are like the gung ho, let's go type people, right? And the wives are, are normally the ones, and this, this could be different. I'm just saying this was my example. Like, hey, Paul, like slow your roll a little bit. Let's, uh, let's, let's learn about this a little bit and then we'll decide what to do. And I understand, and I understand that. Which is good because if, if we just, yeah, we're aggressive and jumped at everything that came along because it felt right, right away, you know, yeah. we may not be doing our due diligence. But in this case, hesitating, hesitating can cost you. Yeah, for sure. Especially when it comes to your health. That's, and that's what, yeah. I, that's what I was getting at. We yeah. never know, not to be like a, you know, we never know. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to scare anybody into doing this, but to be honest, sometimes you need to scare people into just getting life insurance in general. Right. right? Ask I, any person that we've had to turn down because they're uninsurable what they wish they would have done when they were healthy. Right. Yeah. And now they can't. So I saw somebody post on LinkedIn, uh, another producer 
uh, life insurance is love insurance. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to think about it. Like, yeah. how much do you love your family? Do you love them enough to, to actually care about them after you're gone? Personally, I didn't, I didn't really think about the legacy thing, Dave, until I had children of my own. Yeah. Uh, when I was a young single dude, I didn't really, I had, and I, and I owned whole life, full disclosure. I've had it since I was 23, but I was going to go to my parents, obviously, because I didn't have anyone else to leave it to. Yeah. I think I had some, I had some of my friends in there too, <laughs> as beneficiaries. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, party on. But yeah, once that, once I had children and realized, well, with this asset, right, with dividend paying whole life insurance, I can have both access to my money when I need it and leave a legacy at the same time. Uh, without compromising anything. That's that's tough for people to understand still, I think. Yeah. Um, they look at the startup costs and they're like, uh, but if you can think more than, you know, beyond next week, this is for you. Yeah. And we didn't think about legacy because we weren't taught anything about it. You know, True. Our kids, when they inherit these policies and we turn it, turn the ownership over to them and they can start paying their own premium, um, they're, they're going to fully understand it. That's right. Man, juvenile policies, they're, they're incredible. So I was looking at that one. I sent our client. Yeah, I looked at it. I looked yeah. at it too. And I was like, whoa. You look at like when that, when those kids reach like 60 years of age, mm -hmm. they pay, you know, at that time, maybe they can pay $15,000 in premium. Mm -hmm. Their cash value increased by like over $100,000. It was unreal. Yeah. Like it's what, what these are capable of doing. It is the young, I mean, the younger, the younger you are, I'm opening up a policy right now. It's a smaller one, but it's appropriately sized for the family at this time. And, uh, you know, the baby is two months old yep. and, you know, a $2,000 a month premium or $2,000 a year premium turns into a crap load of cash value and death benefit later mm -hmm. in life. A yeah. lot, a lot more than one would think. And imagine when that baby's an adult, how easy $2,000 will be, I mean, that's easy today to come up with two grand for something that's, that's making you money. That's right. Um, but I mean, two grand, you know, 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be like 200 bucks. Yep. Today. You know, exactly. Unfortunately. I, yes, thank you federal reserve. Thanks. Yeah. The creature. Yeah. Thanks Powell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so people, people hang on every word from the federal reserve chairman though. It doesn't matter who's in that seat. For, for some reason that's, that's, see, that's what drives me nuts about the market. You got this idiot who's been lying to you for the last two years <laughs> and just leading you on like, Oh, inflation's transitory. Oh, maybe it's gonna, you know, be a little higher or maybe it's going to stick around a little longer. Okay. Now it's permanent. Okay. Now, you know, it's continuing. Like when are you going to stop believing him and falling for it? Like, and the market reacts every single time. Speaking of inflation, Dave, I used your walnuts example again with somebody on a call yesterday. Yeah. Because uh, they don't, most people don't understand what inflation is. And I don't know what episode that was, man, but they the, don't the walnuts. The cause, they they think inflation is rising prices, which is the result of Correct. inflation. Yeah. That's right. So the yeah. walnuts example or the clipping of the coins by the, you know, by Caesar in Rome is another good example um, where one gold coin, you know, for a, for a toga, now it's, you know, one, now it's one and a half because you're clipping the coins or whatever. Yeah. And the citizens know this stuff. Citizens they, aren't stupid they, as much they're as not stupid. the Fed and, you know, the leftists would want you to think that citizens are complete morons. We're not. Right. We are People. getting, I do think like we're getting dumber though as a society. Well, it's because all they do is listen to the media. All, you know, <laughs> people who get dumber, 
you know, if you want to be misinformed, listen to the mainstream news, right? So. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no question. Yeah. If you want to be informed, <laughs> read some books so you can interpret what they're saying. They get all their information from The View. Uh, Just threw up <laughs> in my mouth. I know. It's awful. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Yeah. You know, I feel like that was it. Well, I wanted to hit on flexibility, not just in expanding the system, but okay. you know, we're, we're coming up on uh, you know, people who are renewing, maybe hitting their, their policy anniversary year. And maybe sure. they've been paying it the same way every year. Like they, they started it with, hey, I'm going to make monthly. monthly payments. Sure. And then it goes into year two, three, four, five, and they're still on monthly payments. But maybe it's time to reevaluate how you're paying that policy. There's multiple different ways. So talk to your agent. If you're one of our clients, talk to us. Like, what are my different options every year when I go to pay my premium? Because there's there's some a lot of flexibility in there with how you can set that up every year. Yeah. And just to review, you know, paying your premiums annually should be the ultimate goal. And I always tell, tell them, I was like, listen, not necessary. We're going to start where you're at. But if you could transition to paying an annual premium, and this goes likely for your auto insurance and other, your homeowners and all that. You actually, most people probably pay their homeowners. Um, well, if I guess if the house is paid for, they may, might pay it once a year. But anyway, annual premium is the best way to buy any insurance. Yeah, yeah. The fewest, uh, because, I mean, just think about it. If you're doing monthly transactions, you're costing the company money. No, no question. So they have to recoup right. that cost. That's right. And, and they do one transaction. It's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And over time, over time, over a long period of paying premium, it, it does make, it will make a difference eventually. Yeah. Now you're splitting hairs. Yeah. But the hairs can get kind of, kind of long. If you, yeah. if you get my drift later, later in the policy's life. Yeah. The, the longer it goes, the bigger that Delta right. becomes. And so I compounds. pay all, yeah, that's right. I pay all, seven premiums annually, including the convertible term. So eight premiums at different times during the year. And I kind of space them out, you know, so that they're yeah. uh, not all hitting at the same time. That's another strategy. That's good. That's a um, nice, a real nice strategy. Another one is maybe if you get quarterly bonus payments from your mm -hmm. employer, uh, you know, there's a lot of pilots out there, airline pilots who get, you know, profit sharing, uh, just plan your premium around that man, pay quarterly. Yep. Or semi-annually, whatever In it fact, be, whenever you get those bonuses. Two of our recent podcast clients are quarterly payers, actually. Yeah. Right. Those are the first ones I've seen. I don't know that I've done any quarterly payments. It's just been monthly or, yeah. or annual. You know, I'd say yep. about 90% of people pay annual um, because most people come in and they've got a chunk of cash sitting there. They're ready to do something with it. Um, but other than that, you know, the other 10 to 15% maybe is is monthly, but quarterly. Yeah. Semi-annual, you know, every six months. Yep. You got options. Um, yeah. Just like you have options with repaying your loan. And those options are infinite because you can make, you you get to determine that repayment schedule. Right? <laughs> yeah. Again, if you're if you're harping on interest rates, and of course, policy loan rates are, are way less than what you're finding out in the economy now. Um, so it's, it, it always was a better option, a policy loan, as opposed to something else, my opinion, because I, I still, I want to maintain that control, but it's even better now Yeah. when you compare what, you know, mortgage rates are hovering around what, six to 7%, I think currently. Right. Yep. As of this recording, that sounds accurate. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. those have a repayment schedule, I think. Yeah. And it's brutal. You know, brutal. Only, <laughs> what is it? Yeah, maybe the you know, 15 or 20% is going towards principal. The, uh, the rest is going towards interest. 
right away. Yeah, I think in the first five years with closing costs, it's 87%-ish. 84 to 87, depending on what your rate was, is interest. Yeah, it's brutal. It's crazy. And then but people, it, what do people do? Refinance or they move. So then they start the clock all over again. All over again. Uh, and the banks love it. They're like, all right. They love it. We'll start at the top of this AM table. Good, good for them, right? Hey, he who has the gold makes the rules. I can't, the gosh, you can't, someone else, um, speaking of that, someone just read The uh, Richest Man in Babylon. I had recommended that book to somebody. I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but uh, they read it. And hey, that's another short little book written in 1926. Phenomenal wow. little read that'll get it, get you in the right in the right mindset as well. Make you think about things too. Yeah. And they talk about life insurance a little yeah. bit. It's amazing how some things, you know, a hundred years later have not changed. Nope. Yep. Cool. Well, all right. Uh, I think that'll do it for this week. So good chatting with you. Uh, and until next time, control your capital or somebody else will. We'll see y'all. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at the IBCguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.